This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. You have your Bibles, let's turn with me in Mark chapter 2. And our first slide is uh, slides, uh, slide 6, I believe, uh, humbling ourselves before the Father. Humbling ourselves before the Father. So today, as, uh, it's a continuation of our sermon that I preached a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit into the, the desert. And we talked about the temptations that the enemy came against Jesus and how he responded. And the challenge for us and how we are going to respond. And so this is leading up to Easter. I just want to look at some passages uh, of Jesus' life leading up to uh, Jerusalem and the cross, and, and we'll share with that um, in a couple weeks on Easter. Mark chapter 2, verse 18 through 22 is a very uh, unique chapter. I've never preached on this subject matter. I'm not sure why, but I've not. And, uh, but it's, so I pray that you'll be challenged this morning and you would be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It says here, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting and people came and said to him, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but Jesus, your disciples do not fast? That's a good question. So it's a question that we're going to try to answer if you're taking notes. Why was Jesus not fasting when everybody else was? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guest fast while the bridegroom is with them. As long as they have a bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it. The new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed. And so are the skins, but new wine is for fresh wineskin. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us this morning. Lord, that you would specifically help me this morning. Lord, I, I hear what you're trying to say in my head, and Lord, help me to tap it out in a way uh, that, Lord, that your, your family, your sons and daughters in this room, Lord, can hear what the Spirit is saying. We say thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The last time we talked about in Mark chapter 1, we heard the Father, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased and he goes on to say, you are my wonderful son. You make me very glad. And that was the word I believe God was speaking to us as a church, that God was glad that you are his son and daughter. You know, one of the challenges as a, as a father, and, and some of you are fathers, is that you wonder, did I encourage my kids enough? Did I uh, lift them up? Uh, did I uh, discipline too much? Did I discipline too little? You know, did I... I uh, spoil them too much, or I didn't give them any, you know, it's all these things that as our young families will begin to, to begin to uh, 
figure out your own journey. But for some of us who are older and we've raised kids, it's, you know, you look back and you're like, hopefully I did it right. Hopefully, you know, I didn't uh, set my kids on the wrong path. And sometimes, hopefully, we would say that we told our kids that we love them, that we love them. Just uh, a few months ago, I remember uh, I was was trying to give my, my boys a kiss on the head, and they were like, freaking out, like, don't do that, and like, and uh, I did. Uh, it, was, it was like almost like a wrestling match, uh, trying to catch up maybe for old times. But the Heavenly Father is telling us right now, if you've never heard it, if you haven't felt it, that he loves you. And just as he said about his own son, he, I, pray, I pray the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that you are his wonderful child, and you make him glad. You make him glad. One of my grandkids, and I don't know if you know this, Eric, uh, uh, <laughs> um, wrote on a piece of paper, and it's in my bedroom, and it said, Emmett is poop, all right? Probably not something that they encourage, but I was, so, as a grandfather, I'm like, whoever wrote this, their penmanship is awesome. Wow. And so... Uh, I loved them, and, you know, I just, I just think the, the world of them. I and mean, I really wasn't, you know, that part is up to parents to, to handle. But I was just so amazed on uh, their penmanship. And so it just, I pray that you, you know, however you might be living your life right now, and it may not be uh, perfect, and God is, uh, is going to convict us and challenge you uh, today, and hopefully every day the Holy Spirit gives you a nudge, say no, no, and, and, and tells you to go another direction. But the backdrop of that is that he loves you, and he, and he died on the cross for you, and, and he was wanting the best for you. He's not trying to add laws. We talked about that. He's not trying to add things so you can carry this weight, but he's trying to maybe build a path for you to, to be able to glide in your life and your journey with Jesus so when he says, don't do that, it's, think of it as a, as a rail that he places down for you to, to maneuver into the journey of life, not so you can carry the rail over your head and it becomes burdensome. So one of the questions that I'm asking myself and you should be asking yourself is, what is the purpose of fasting? And should you fast? We just read this scripture. I just love it sometimes when Jesus doesn't give direct answers, Right? He does that a lot, and so you have to just kind of, you know, because we weren't there, we don't understand completely the culture, Uh, there's some nuances of the language, Uh, you know, we don't get all that, so we just really try uh, for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and guide us, and we try to do the best to understand who the audience was, you know, what their mindset, what was Jesus trying to say, you know, and how he said it, you know, a lot of the, maybe some of the things that we might miss is the accent or the, the, the raising of a, a voice or, or speaking in, 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 you know, in a soft tone, things that we don't get to experience. And so we're doing our best to say, okay, God, help us. Guide us through your Holy Spirit to unfold what you're trying to say to us here at Mosaic Church in March of 2021. So, uh, so if you look at the Gospel of Mark, I'm praying that the that God will speak to you through the words and the life of Jesus we're about to read. And so we see that Jesus is with some people and they're questioning his actions. 
regarding fasting. Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? You know, sometimes people make statements in a form of a question, right? You know, they try to, they try to slide it in with a question mark, but really they're making a question. To me, this just very sense, feels like they're, they're judging. Why does John's disciples and the disciples of Pharisees fast, but you, your disciples, they don't fast? So I want us to take a step back, try to maybe get a picture, a backdrop of what's really going on. And why were John's disciples and the Pharisees fasting? Well, every nation has, you know, we commemorate certain somber events, like December 7th. Anybody know what that is? Yes, Pearl Harbor. And we, we commemorate that. Um, <laughs> I don't know who said it first, but they win, all right? Uh, that was pretty good. I wasn't sure if you guys would know that. Um, we commemorate that. September 11th. Anybody alive during September 11th? Remember it? Yes. Memorial Day. These are somber occasions that we commemorate. This Memorial Day, um, we're going to have church at the park like we normally do, we've done in the past, and we will commemorate those who have fallen. And the Jews, uh, the Jewish people of, of Jesus' day were commemorating major events of their history. Of the, uh, throughout the centuries, you know, the, the plight of the Jewish people. And they were commemorating that. They were fasting. Uh, but their motives were extrapolating here. But they were, their motives, I believe, were to incite a, an action. You know, they were thinking about the terrible event of Babylon, which we just did in Daniel. And, how they, uh, and then how Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, they burnt the temple to the ground, and they took people into captivity, and they lost their land, and all sorts of events followed after that. And so people would fast in commemorating those events, these disastrous events. And, and you know why. We just recently went over it in Daniel, didn't we, a few months ago, back in probably mid, mid-summer. That uh, God made a covenant with his people, and, and if they worshipped him and, and they served God only, they were going to be blessed, and they were going to have peace and live peacefully among their enemies. But if they didn't do that, and they worshipped and served foreign gods, they were going to be disciplined. And we read that. Remember we said, is God uh, a God of, of his word? And we all said, yes. You know, Does God keep his word? Yes. And, and we all like, yes, he keeps his word. He also keeps his word when he warns his people, and they're going to be disciplined if you don't do these things. And they didn't, and they were disciplined. God keeps his word. So God used this discipline uh, to, to change their hearts and their ways. So now in Jesus' time, they're fasting to commemorate those, those somber times, those sad times, those, those times of... Uh, but you would think that sounds like that's a good thing. But I believe they were also using it to, to kind of muster up this, this emotion of an uprising. And we will see that on Palm Sunday. It's like mustering up this uprising to get this, this, this government off our necks. 
It's, they were fasting maybe to muster up and to, and, and to maybe just, you know, get the, the sediment of the, the hatred of their hearts towards uh, to a, a people group. And, and it was done just to kind of stir that up, get that raw, get that anger going that maybe it would uh, begin to uh, express itself in a way uh, what they would want. And not, Jesus was not anti-Jewish. He was not anti-traditional. Uh, he was a devout Jew. Uh, but I believe Jesus is going to introduce something better, a better reason to fast and to pray. It's something new. You know, the whole, uh, I'm not going to be preaching about the new wine and, and you know, the new skin. We, uh, I've heard many sermons on that. But I believe that something had to uh, be let go in order to take on what Jesus was trying to say. Jesus' response is pretty interesting uh, to the people. He says, listen, uh, I, w- I want to talk to you about weddings, bridegrooms, and celebrations with new wine, food, and dancing. It seems almost inappropriate when you're trying to commemorate something so horrible. But I believe Jesus, in his Jewish way, in a roundabout way, was saying that fasting, that this fasting that you're doing has nothing really to do with the kingdom of the Father. Now, you might think, well, isn't fasting a good thing? And it is. It's a very good thing. And I'm going to encourage you towards the end of my sermon that we would begin to pray and fast. But Jesus is going to challenge them something new. What is Jesus saying? Well, when you go to a wedding, it's, uh, you're celebrating what? Uh, you know, uh, Kim and Adam will be celebrating 10 years next week. Seems amazing. <laughs> you're not there. You're over here. But 10 years. Uh, amen. 10 years. Three wonderful cherubs. Weddings are about the future, isn't it? When you get married, you're thinking, wow, this is just the beginning of a, a life together. It's the beginning journey. It's a time of looking forward. It's a time of, of dreaming together. You're filled with hope. You're forward-looking. In contrast, when you're commemorating something, or maybe at a, at a funeral, you tend to look to the past. You know, you... You know, uh, as many of you know, my dad passed away uh, uh, 14 months ago, and we had a funeral, and we talked about the past. We talked about the past. And Jesus is trying to encourage those around him, I'm going to be your bridegroom. I want to talk to you about the future and about hope and forgiveness and joy and celebration. So funerals look back and, and weddings look forward. The second thing is that that weddings also and bridegroom and, and, um, and the coming together, it, it means about time being fulfilled and, and God's kingdom is arriving. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. And Jesus is trying to say, hey, uh, you're, you're fasting at the wrong time and, 
and right now you're fasting out of tradition of man and, and, and you're commemorating. And Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm that new wine. I'm that bridegroom. I'm here to bring hope and, 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 and dreams of the future and liberation. So Jesus was not teaching a new kind of religion or a different moral code. He, I believe he was fulfilling the design purpose for Israel and Israel's dreams and their life. Jesus is the fulfillment. It wasn't like Jesus was like, you know, a man uh, sinned and all of a sudden the plan went awry and then and God and, and the triune God was like, okay, so what can we do now? No, this Jesus is the fulfillment. Jesus has always been part of the plan. And Jesus is launching his relationship with his people to, to help Israel fulfill its dreams through Jesus to undo a, a whole history of shame and sorrow and, and replace it with hope and celebration, very much like a wedding. So as we get our hearts ready for Easter, and, and we talked about last time, is that, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, that's 40 days leading up to Easter, that, you know, we would get our hearts ready Hopefully that you're doing something different than you normally would, like say in June or July. But, but you know, once that, that time comes that we begin to really tune in and begin to say, God, speak to me during the season as we will celebrate what Jesus has done. But we're also going to celebrate what he's going to do and what he's doing in us. Jesus was, was bringing into the reality, into reality, which the temple represented, had been part of this graded uh, signpost. God's sovereign, saving presence now is in the midst of His people. It wasn't some just special place behind a curtain. It wasn't just some certain time frame. It wasn't just for certain people. But Jesus is is introducing God's sovereign and saving presence in the midst of his people, the kingdom of God is now. And this this is the time for looking forward to great things that God is beginning to do, not backwards, but forward. So the question remains for us this morning. What's the purpose of fasting, and should we fast today? I like to joke around. I fasted from 11 last night to 6 this morning. Anybody else with me? Old, old, uh, old, old uh, challenge of mine is, uh, you know, I've been addicted to carbs, especially bread. I'm praying that God will break that. What's the purpose of fasting? Firstly, Jesus is saying that the, the fasting that the, the people are doing is really outside everything God is trying to do among his people. I, I don't have time. It's already a, f- a few minutes after noon. But uh, the fasting that they were doing is really not... You can't find it in the Old Testament. Now, there's, there's one spot in the Old Testament God commands, uh, com, uh, the commandment of fasting is found in Leviticus. But that fasting is only done during the Day of Atonement. So that makes sense. But so all of a sudden, out of tradition and, and cultural tradition, uh, some more fasting has been introduced, and Jesus is saying, hey, you know, listen, I, I, I am the new wine, I'm the bridegroom, and I want us, and there is a reason for fasting and for praying, but what you're doing is not that reason. 
So if you want to, you can look in Leviticus chapter 16, 29 through 31. So, and Jesus was trying to say to his people, the day of atonement has arrived. The day of atonement has arrived. Jesus is the answer for the day of atonement. And so his, he's telling that to his people, a, a, a day set aside by God for this, to atone for the sins of the people and Israel and for the world. And Jesus is now that answer. Jesus is right there in front of them. You know, they're... they're they're not seeing it. They're missing it. So that's the purpose why we should be fasting. I, I believe this whole day of atonement for the cleansing of our, of our hearts, our sins. When is the last time you, you've repented of sins? Uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work of conviction and making things right. We say that at every month we do communion. We talk about making things right. Lavella this morning beautifully shared about allow God uh, for you to respond to the Holy Spirit. Don't close him off. Don't, don't allow um, insecurities, which is really pride. Uh, don't allow pride to keep you from responding to the Holy Spirit. Don't try to save face at the expense of finding the freedom that comes with repentance and, and with repentance comes forgiveness, and, and with forgiveness comes joy and freedom. Why, for the life of me, why would we stay stuck in some prison cell of unforgiveness and unrepentance? I don't, I don't understand. It's that, maybe that, that strong facade of pride that would keep us from doing that. And I'm asking you as a church, and I'm, I'm asking myself, ask the Lord. Lord, am I holding back? Is there, is there shadow areas in my heart that need the light of Christ to be and the Holy Spirit to expose? I try to pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, take your Holy Spirit light and expose the dark crevices of my heart. So allow the Holy Spirit to do his work of conviction and making things right, of freedom that comes from that. So during this time of leading up to Easter, is, is a time to fast. And as David prayed in Psalm 69, humble our, yourselves with fasting before the Lord. So humbling ourselves is recognizing who Jesus is and we need him. And, 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 and for us who are, are followers and believers of Christ, it's a way of saying, God, speak to my heart. So Psalm 69, again, humble yourselves with fasting for the Lord. The second question I asked is, should we fast? And the answer is yes. Well, we know that Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. And uh, the, the, why Jesus did that, I believe he took upon himself the life of Israel and to confront evil and the distortion of the truth about the kingdom of God. And Jesus taught us in... in um, in Matthew chapter 6 and the Sermon of the Mount, you can, if you could look, Matthew chapter 6. And he says this in verse 1, and I'm going to crunch it down. He says, when you give, he doesn't say if you give, right? When you give, do not announce it to the world, but give in secret, for your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
So there is a time to fast. And, and part, of, part of the whole concept of fasting, part of it is giving. So whatever, and so this is a challenge for our, our younger generation. You know, uh, I believe this is a principle that we try to live by here at Mosaic Church. Uh, if you're going to do something for the Lord, do it unto the Lord. Uh, so we don't post it on, on, on Instagram. You know, we're, we're not trying to get the accolades of, of people. We want to do that. Uh, Dr. Christopher and Dr. Heidi's old pastor, Dale Kroll, taught me that you know, every seed, there's, everything we do is a seed, and, and just like any good seed, uh, I have a bag of seed in my, in my garage ready to plant some grass. Um, and that seed, I want it to grow, so what do I do? I have to plant it, you know, I have to put it on the ground and, and cover it and let it grow. The seeds that are, that are not good the bad seeds, you know, this, we talked about just a second ago about sinful things and things that we need to repent. We want to bring that to the light, pull it out of the ground, pull it out of that dark place and expose it to the light so it'll die. That's repentance and, and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to, to do his work. But the good things of giving, we want to keep it hidden. We do it for him, not for accolades, not for likes, not for followers, we do it for him. So it says, when you give in, in Matthew 6, uh, do not announce it to the world, but give in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. The second I call spiritual discipline is prayer, this whole concept of fasting and prayer is in Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And again, Jesus says, with the right attitude, how we should pray, he says, when you pray, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret Will reward you. You know, we just did a whole sermon on Daniel, and remember, we, t- we gave a principle there. It's like, you know, Daniel um, would pray private, and, the, and his, his response was to pray publicly. You know, for some of us, you know, maybe God's calling us to pray in our prayer closet. We don't want, you know, everybody to know you know, like that we're praying. But I believe the Holy Spirit will, will guide you in that. So when you pray, pray to the Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The third spiritual discipline in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus says, when you fast, do not announce it for the world, but do it in secret before your Father, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So should you fast? Yes giving, praying, and fasting during this Easter season. The three disciplines to get our hearts right, to get our hearts right to trust him. To get our hearts right to trust him. As we lead up to Easter and the celebration that we will have to get our hearts right to trust him. When you're giving, you're trusting. It's, it's a challenge of trust, isn't it? It's a challenge of trust. When you're praying, it's a challenge of trust because we're all busy, right? And, and if we take time to pray, then the trust part is like, Lord, I don't have 60 minutes. I've got lots of things to do. But you're trusting him that he knows best. He knows best for our lives. So we give to develop our trust. We, we uh, pray to develop our trust, 
and we fast to develop our trust. So this week, I want to challenge you because next week is Palm Sunday. Maybe that you would take time, and I'm going to do as well, to say, Father, help me to hear your spirit. Lord, give me ears to hear. And Lord, help me to recognize this whole thing that Jesus was saying, a different kind of fasting, a different kind of attitude, that he truly is our atonement. There's a new day, the bridegroom has arrived and, and, and we are, the kingdom of God is at hand. So let me encourage you this week, uh, fast a meal or two a week, this week. And during that time that you would set aside time with Jesus and, and you just pray a simple prayer. Here I am, Father. Have mercy on me instead of eating. Here I am, Father. Have mercy on me. And then what I'd like to do from time to time, and let me encourage you to do this, is I just pray the Lord's Prayer. Basically, every line, I pause. Our Father, which art in heaven. And I'll just pause for maybe five, ten minutes and just say, Lord, speak to me. Instead of eating, take time to, to spend time with the Father. You know that every time I've been able to do this, something happens. It's not why we do it, but let me just tell you what happens. I, I, feel, um, I feel like God's bigger and I'm smaller. This uh, overwhelming of humility or humbleness comes over me, how awesome God is his love for me, his, his care for me. We, we sang about the goodness of God, how good he's been. And, and life hasn't been perfect. So Lord, have mercy on me. Here I am, Father. And I come out with a deep, a deep sense of brokenness, but in a good thing, in a good way. So I want to be sensitive to the things of the Lord. I find that when I do these things, I'm more sensitive to God's leading of the Holy Spirit. All of us are busy, and none of us are exempt. I'm as busy as you are, and you're, and you're busy. We have, you know, some of you have little kids just clamoring for attention. But we all have things clamoring for attention. That this week, as we lead up to Easter in the next two weeks, that you would take time to fast a meal breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and that you would pause and you would say, here I am, Father, have mercy on me. And for 30 minutes, I would just go through the Lord's Prayer and listening. So I believe the, the purpose that, that we see in, in, in Matthew 6, in chapter 6, and is a time to humble ourselves before the Father for our souls to seek for forgiveness of sins, to prepare our hearts to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, what the Father is saying to us. So I'm going to ask everybody's head bowed, uh, eyes closed for a moment. And uh, I just want you to know I'm raising my hands first. And Bryce, are you here? I just want to ask you to 
the challenge. Would you join me this week as, we, as we're heading towards Resurrection Day and that we would humble ourselves before our Heavenly Father and say, Pastor Mario, I will, uh, I will, I will fast a meal sometime this week if that's you, just say, you know, I'm raising my hand and say, yes, amen. Thank you. You know, you're not doing it for me. Uh, you're doing it so that you can be, be better listeners to what the Holy Spirit is guiding you. Some of you guys have some really big decisions to make. And God wants to speak to you Clearly. And Lord, I pray, God, that as we as a church, individually, as families, take time, Lord, we are your followers. We want to to follow you. We want to rejoice in you. We want to acknowledge that you truly are the answer. Lord, we want to hear what you're speaking to us as a church and as, as families and as individuals. Lord, we say thank you, Father. So this morning as we wrap it up, I pray, God, that uh, you would help us. You would help us. You would help us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just shine your light. And Lord, that that light would tell us, the Holy Spirit would tell us clearly, and we would hear it, that you love us, and we're your children. And maybe there's some things in our lives that just aren't lining up with the word. Holy Spirit, speak to us. But Lord, we want to hear your your voice. It's not just something that we've heard about, but Lord, we want to hear your voice. So if you're at home, watching at home, I'm praying that you would do the same thing and and you could text me and just say, Pastor Mario, I'm going to join you uh, fasting a meal and just taking time to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.